This is an ABC podcast. Hey ladies, it's Yumi here. Since we're taking a long and longing look at sex this season, how could we not talk about a sex act that apparently lots of us are doing, but no one is admitting that they're doing? Yes, this season is all about sex. And under that S-E-X umbrella sits our lonely and little brown friend, Anal. And listen, whether you're doing it or not, or just curious or just want to hear about it, we could all use a little refresher course on the ins and outs of the back door. So we are plugging our anal sex episode back into your ladies' feed. Enjoy. Sometimes I feel like men don't know and don't understand what it's like to be the thing that the sex act is enacted upon. I think women do in general feel pressured for anal sex. I feel even personally I've always felt that. Do I need to have anal sex with him today in order for him to think that our sex life is good or that it's exciting? The partner just wouldn't drop it and just kept on and on and on and on. And for us, that's not really consent in a particularly meaningful way. A couple of years ago, I saw a video from a gorgeous young gay guy explaining to other young gay guys how to safely and pleasurably receive anal sex. It was amazing to me. I had never seen anyone talk about it so openly, scientifically and with such kindness. I asked the teenagers I knew about anal. The straight girls and the gay guys were being pressured to have it, but none had ever had the talk, the kind of talk that I saw this guy giving. It's completely absent from sex ed. Mum and pop don't fill you in about anal sex when they sit you down for a chat. So how's this? According to the latest findings from the Australian Study of Health and Relationships, one in five women in Australia have had anal sex. But resources for women to find out how to do it not just safely but enjoyably, well, I couldn't find any. And I looked. Why? Because anal sex is a great big taboo. So wait, what? There's a type of sex that teenagers are being pressured to have that is openly celebrated in gay circles, is ubiquitous in porn, and that one in five Aussie women are having, but it's too taboo for us to talk about? I'm Yumi Steins. Ladies, we need to talk about anal sex. I want to talk about anal sex and so should you. Because if it's not on the cards for you, it probably is for your friends and it definitely could be for your kids. You have this kind of list of holes to fill as a young man and you just go through them. There's some pressure on some young women to be kind of sexually adventurous. Engaging in anal sex might be part of that, producing yourself as a young modern woman who's like up for it. In this episode... You're going to hear from three women, each with a different experience of anal sex. First up, there's Alison, who's felt what I think a lot of women have felt, a pressure to cop anal sex even if she didn't want it. He would then bring up how he really enjoyed it in the past and it was something that he didn't think he could do without. Alison's 34 and has been with her partner for four years. 
And when you frame something like that, it's very hard for it to not feel like an obligation. So was he implying that he always had anal sex with other partners? Correct. (laughs) Implying is being subtle. (laughs) He would outright say, he's like, oh, well, this is how I've always had sex in the past. So this is not normal to me. To frame it as if it's as normal or natural or common as kissing somebody or holding hands with somebody made me feel like I was not this adventurous partner or that I was somehow abnormal for not wanting it the way that everybody else seemingly in his life had wanted it. Your ass is not a place that you would think of for yourself as an erogenous zone. It can be hard for you to get there mentally if somebody is there just telling you, oh, well, it should be an erogenous zone without considering whether or not it's an erogenous zone for the woman. But You know, it certainly didn't help that he didn't seem like he was trying to ease me into straight-up penetrative sex. Right. So it sounds like he didn't really know how to be good at it. I feel like he was not sure about how to make him comfortable about it. And I think he's trying to tell me what it is that he wants out of sex life, which which I fully encourage. But when he doesn't get it, he's not getting what he wants, I think the way that he's resorting to kind of talking about it over and over and over again is his way of trying to communicate in a way that really backfires for him. But he's definitely not ever physically forced it. Oftentimes, a woman can kind of feel like they are a vessel for a fantasy of some sort. And sometimes I feel like men don't know and don't understand what it's like to be the thing that the sex act is enacted upon you know, purely for the other person's pleasure. Did this pressure impact your sex life in in general? I would say, I would say so. I really felt that I was a very sexually confident person. And then to have somebody come along for the first time in my life and kind of undermine that and say, well, everybody else I've ever been with has been this way with me, but you're not. And it made me not want to have intercourse with him at all because it felt like Every time we did have sex, it couldn't be just vaginal sex. There was always this at the back of my head thinking, okay, do I need to have anal sex with him today in order for him to think that our sex life is good or that it's exciting? That pressure was there and it it did take a toll, I feel, on our sexual relationship for a time. Since this time, Alison and her partner had lots of conversations about sex. He's stopped pressuring her for anal And something interesting has happened as a result. And here is sort of the clincher. It's not that I dislike anal sex. I like anal sex. I just don't like being pressured into feeling like it has to be the norm. So we have had anal sex, and I feel like when I'm in control of that situation, it it just feels like the power dynamic is very different. The difference is that I feel like it's my decision. So in Alison's case, it was the pressure to submit to anal that put her off. And according to research, Alison isn't alone in feeling the pressure, nor is she alone in being with a partner who initially didn't know what he was doing. One of the things that we definitely found in our work was that some of the young people we talked to seemed quite surprised how hard it was to penetrate an anus, but they didn't realise that you needed lube or that it would be better with lube. And they just, you know, they hadn't understood that. 
This is Cicely Marston. She's a professor in social science from the University of Oxford. We're talking to her because she's one of the few people in the world who's done research into young people's experiences of anal sex. The professor's research involved interviewing 130 people aged 16 to 18. And look, this is not a good news story. One of the key things she found was that anal sex was often painful, risky and coercive for young women. When the men were telling stories about anal sex, they weren't that interested in mutual pleasure or consent. They would expect that, you know, it might be that women would be hurt or that they might need to be coerced. And so this was, you know, just this kind of general norm that seemed to be around, that it was like, well, women wouldn't like it very much. You'd have to kind of persuade them in inverted commas, um, which often seemed to mean badgering or even just direct forcing. They would talk about penetrating women by accident. And so there was this kind of thing about slips as well, that some of the women also said, oh, yeah, he was just we were just having sex and then he slipped. It came up more than once and we were kind of curious about what that meant. And so in one of the follow up interviews, we asked one of the young men who'd said that he'd slipped and sort of said, oh, yeah. So can you tell us a bit more about this slip? And he said, oh, no, I didn't slip. I told her I slipped. You know, it sort of became rather clear that the idea about accidental penetration or slips was being used as a kind of cover-up for, potentially as a cover-up for, you know, non-consensual penetration that was being attempted. Well, the second point was that that women being badgered for anal sex seemed to be considered completely normal by the people we spoke to. You know, so women who don't enjoy it are either flawed, so they're like frigid or whatever, or they're pretending not to enjoy it. And so when the men are pushing their partners for anal sex, there's this idea that, well, they might not like it initially and it might be very painful, but anyone who can relax enough likes it in the end. Mm. And so it puts the puts the women in the wrong kind of almost regardless. <laughs> One of the women we interviewed did enjoy anal sex and she did talk about liking it although it was interesting that in her case also the very first time it kind of played out in much the same way as all the other ones which was not obviously consensually to be clear in Sicily's research this is not everyone's experience but it is a common one and with a picture this grim no wonder we want to avert our eyes On this point about kids and sex, according to the Australian Institute of Family Studies, nearly half of kids aged 9 to 16 have regular exposure to sexual images. So whether we like it or not, porn and depictions of anal sex could be a part of their lives. It's not just a preparation that happens 20 minutes before they have anal sex. That's sexologist Nikki Goldstein. Nikki says porn gives people a skewed view of anal sex. So by the time they rock up on set, they might be having a butt plug in, it's already all lubed up. What hasn't been shown is those days of preparation before, the stretching, the butt plugs, the things that are inserted, the lube that goes in. So people watching think, oh, that looks quite easy. Why doesn't it work like that for me? Oh, just keep pushing through. Well, who'd have thought, huh, that what you see in porn isn't real life? Mind equals blown. But yeah, another reason to have that conversation with our kids and our partners. I find anal sex to be really, really good for my mood. It's much more of a relief because it's such a big, intense orgasm. You get such a relief from it. I find it's much more effective than vaginal sex. 
That's Michelle. We've given her a different name for this episode. She and her partner of seven years have anal sex about once a week. I find that we do talk a lot more during anal sex. How deep or how fast do you like it at the moment? Because that changes throughout the orgasm. And just checking in with where he's at, where I'm at, you know, how close are we to climax sort of thing. I would definitely say that they are the best orgasms that I have experienced in my life. It's a whole body experience. You can get very emotional, find it such a good release and feel so so much lighter afterwards. The emotional connection that my husband and I have during or after anal sex is very important and We've found that it really helps us come together and during anal sex, it's you're as close as you could possibly be to another person, really, and you're trusting that other person very intimately. So to be able to do that with each other and then for it to be a really good, beneficial, positive experience, you know, that it just brings a whole new level of emotional connection for us. So emotionally that's really good and it gives you that confidence that you're just like raw and in it with your partner but also if you're you know putting yourself on the line and you're being vulnerable with that person that you love also that's another aspect to it that's another important part of it that I find is really great but also you know the sex bit that's also really great. So there's lots of checking in, communication, foreplay and bonding but it can take a while to get there. It's a very unique sensation for somebody who is experiencing this for the first time. For a lot of people, they freak out because they think, am I doing a poo or am I having anal sex? Here is sexologist Nikki Goldstein again. So there are a lot of women out there who enjoy anal sex. When we think about you know, all the zones that we have going on around the vulva, we have a lot of nerve endings going on and we have a lot of possibilities to have an orgasm. Now, that doesn't necessarily have to happen from clitoral stimulation or internal. What can actually happen, because everybody is designed differently, that someone may experience pleasure and even an orgasm through anal stimulation. We don't talk about that enough. So instead of this being something as a way to explore pleasure, what it seems to be pushed these days as something a woman should be doing to make a man happy because he sees it on porn. Nikki, if I was going to try anal sex maybe for the first time and I wanted it to be pleasurable for me, can you talk me through how to achieve that? What are some of the basics that I need to know? Well, the first thing is you've got to have a conversation with the person you would be engaging in this with. So that might be discussing where it feels uncomfortable, if you've had a bad experience before, what you're concerned about. We need to feel at ease and we need to feel relaxed and also like we have control then it's really a matter of how you feel clean. So for some people, this isn't a huge thing. For other people, one of their concerns is, oops, we're going to see some poop and that's going to freak me out. So that might mean having a shower and cleaning your anal passage, or it might be trying to have a bowel movement or having engaging in an anal douche. Then I think there really needs to be some form of foreplay instead of just diving into the anus and kind of going, okay, that's the area that we're going to explore. Then it's about touching it and making sure that it feels okay and getting used to that sensation. The next thing is really taking your time. If you're going to be progressing into anal sex, then think of it as bit by bit. You know, you've got your 
very slippery lubricant on hand, it's a new and different sensation and that in itself can be scary for some. That's why it's so important to go slow. There may be pain associated if somebody is feeling tense and nervous, if they haven't used lubricant, if they haven't warmed up. But also too, there can be just that general feeling of this is so weird, what am I doing, that somebody needs to go slow through and get used to, you know, like any new sensation. Try and breathe through it, try and relax through it, but if it still doesn't feel right, in no way, shape or form, should somebody be pushing through that barrier? Because that's their mind and their body saying, stop, we don't like this. Got it. So some other things to know include, one, you should only ever use sex toys with a flared base because anything you put in there can get lost. Two, you can still get STIs like HIV and chlamydia, gonorrhea, genital warts and herpes from anal sex. So use a condom. Three, never go from your bum to vagina. Only ever go from vagina to bum. Your bum bacteria is not good for your vagina. It can mean thrush or bacterial vaginosis. I want you to meet someone who knows all about the do's and don'ts of anal sex. This is Susie, which is not her real name. She's 41, a mum of five and a foster carer. None of the the sexual partners I have have ever introduced it. It's always been something I've suggested. It was literally just a very much a, you know, we're in bed, we're having sex, and I say, how about we have anal? Susie's into it. She started having anal sex at 20. She got divorced a few years ago but was married for 17 years. During her marriage, she and her husband would have anal at least once a week. It's like your body is exploding. So therefore, an orgasm is kind of like, oh yeah, an orgasm is fantastic. But it's the one example where the sex is better than the orgasm. The sex is 50,000 times better than the orgasm. It just takes your breath away. It is so real and it's so intense. The best session of mindfulness you can ever have because you're so in it. It's incredibly primal. It's the perfect combination of pleasure and pain. I don't know, it's kind of no fuss, just all out pleasure. You said you still feel pain though, equal amounts of pain and pleasure. Yes. I thought the, the idea was to not feel pain. For me personally, the pain is always sort of more of an initial thing. Once you're into it a bit, then the pain does subside. But pain can be incorporated into sex so as well. And I think a lot of people enjoy like aspects of pain, like whether that's their hair pulled or someone, you know, grabbing chunks of their flesh with, you know, your nails. A lot of people enjoy having both of those sensations at once. Do you orgasm from anal? Yes. Is there a trick to it? <laughs> like are you, are you like rubbing your clitoris at the same time or something? Well, <laughs> okay. Yes, you can. I can definitely do that. Also, if you can be in a position where you're grinding against something else, that's really good. The best orgasm I can ever have ever is having anal sex while using a vibrator on myself. That is hands down the best sexual experience I will ever have. So I, they can all be recommended. <laughs> do you? Sorry, to get really specific here, but do you put? Yeah, do you use the vibrator inside your vagina, or is it just? A- stimulating on it. It does both, Mm -hmm. my vibrator. So yes, when you're having anal sex with a man, they can feel that sensation of the vibrator inside you at the same time, which is exciting for them. They do enjoy that too. 
So you and your husband broke up when you were 37 and you hit the dating scene with the apps and whatnot. Yes. Tell me about those conversations you'd have with potential partners. Well, I'd chat to these men and if we liked each other and that sort of thing, like we'd sort of, you know, obviously there'd be sexting involved and nudes and everything else. And then, yeah, probably if they hadn't suggested it, I'd request dick pics. We would sort of have our plan of what our encounters would feature. Why do you think anal sex is so taboo? I think it's a fear of poo and being in some way people thinking it's a gay thing. But I know with, you know, women that I am friends with, they want to be seen as sexy. I think that women are sort of taught they have to be attractive and they have to be attractive at all times and literally not have secretions, you know, not have any of these things. And poo, it smells and it's from the inside of the body and all that sort of stuff. Can we talk about positions? Is there an assortment of positions for anal that work best? Once I've started having anal sex, I don't tend to move. Anal is kind of like it's the closer. The positions generally will be me on my hands and knees or me on my side. I don't really like me on my side because then I can't grip anything. It's not the bed or the wall or whatever. I tend to stick to those two. It might be me being puritanical in some way or very dull, but... (laughs) I don't think so, Susie, somehow. (laughs) Okay, so I'm guessing a lot of people who are listening right now have never tried anal sex and one of the things that they're afraid of is poo. They're afraid of poo on the sheets, pooing the bed, that kind of thing. What's your experience been? Look, that definitely happens. Not always. I think I got over that quite early in terms of the shame of that because I'm very, very much, all right, we'll just go and have a shower now. It's all good. Like it's just pragmatic mum comes in. <laughs> it's okay. It's just poo. It's just poo. You hear that? It's anal sex, so you kind of signed up for the possibility of something brown. Relax. And if you want to normalise discussions about poo even more, check out an episode of Ladies We Need To Talk that we did all about poo called The Patriarchy of Poo. It's in the podcast feed. Just scroll back. Now, one last bit on this. Remember that your anal passage is just that. It's a passage. Most of the time, there's no poo in there. It's either in your bowel or it's on its way out. It's not actually sitting there like some weird little nuggety lurker. (laughs) And sure, sometimes a poo will leave muddy footprints in the hallway on its way out, but actually way less than you think. Okay, so you're in the bedroom. You both want sex. You're both into it. It's cool. But then anal is on the table. Wait... It shouldn't be on the table. There's, well, my sunglasses are there. My keys are on the table. Oh, God, so much clutter. Let's take anal off the table and put it on, put it on the menu. Okay, so it's already pretty clear that you've said yes to sex. How do you then navigate a conversation about anal sex? This is Nikki Goldstein, the sexologist. It really could be a conversation around what turns you on and what you don't like. That's consent. To say to someone, you know, I really enjoy it when you do this. It doesn't have to be so clinical. Do you consent to this? But rather, does this feel good for you? Do you want to continue? Or if you are the person that has to give consent, 
make sure you're finding a way that that's really clear. You know, oh, I love what you're doing. Keep going. But with anal sex, because there is so much fear associated with it, if it's somebody for its first time, there might be some hesitations. It's really important that that feels for that person that they have control over the situation, that they say go and they also say stop. So with anal sex, it's especially important to continually check in with somebody. And also, if you're the person who's hesitant, keep talking to the person that you're having anal sex with. If something needs to be changed, if you need to take a break, this is all under your control and you need to be able to speak up about that. If they don't listen, you have every right to get out of there. How important is trust between two people when anal sex is on the menu? If you trust somebody that when you say stop or it doesn't feel good or I want to take a break or I want to try something different, that they are going to hear, listen and action that request, then where's the limit to that? You'll always feel like you have that control because that control is when you say to somebody, I want to stop this, I want to change something, I want to alter this. Now, if someone listens to that request, then you are always in control of that act and that's a beautiful thing and that's the way we should be having sex and anal sex in general. One of the reasons that I was really pushing to do this episode was because I'm around teenagers, I've got a couple of my own and I'm around their peer group a lot and anal sex is a reality for these kids but no one is talking about how to do it safely. And that's one of the biggest problems is that why shouldn't we be telling teenagers about anal sex? There's this fear that if we tell them about something, they're going to want to do it. Now, what I find fascinating about that is research actually shows adequate sex education increases the age at which teens first have sex. So when you've got all these teenagers trying to have anal sex like they do on porn and injuring themselves, if we were able to sit down and have the conversation and talk about how to prepare the anal passage, what you do, what you don't do, Maybe we would see some still try because they're curious, but maybe they would be trying and they would be safe and they would be discussing boundaries and they would be saying, no, stop, that feels comfortable, let's pick this up another day, instead of pushing forward and having negative experiences and painful experiences, which I think then stops somebody as an adult ever trying this again or even worse, injuring themselves. Now, there's this idea that's quite common. It might be going away, but it is that, anal sex is considered slutty. Where do you think that that idea comes from? I think it feeds into the idea of the taboo element. You know, again, when we look outside this procreation model of human sexuality, anything is considered slutty. I mean, oral sex in some aspects is considered slutty as well because we're not necessarily looking at an act that continues into a pregnancy, so therefore there is a taboo element and you add a taboo element with any female and it's considered slutty, immoral, deviant. And when somebody thinks that having anal sex is slutty, it's simply about asking the question, why? Most people can't actually answer that question. They would fumble. So I can't deny that it is something out there that exists, but it's also something we need to stop and be asking either ourselves if that thought pops off in our mind or someone else who might be saying it, just even in a general conversation. Why is it you think that if a woman engages in anal sex, she's slutty? So anal might be for you, it might not be. 
but I like the idea that if it's on the menu, you now have a better idea of the ingredients and how you'd best like it served. Always add a good side of lube, always take it slow and serve with hefty lashings of enthusiastic consent. This podcast is produced on the lands of the Turrbal, Gundungara, Bidjigal and Gadigal peoples. This episode was mixed by Anne-Marie de Betancourt. The producer was Jane Curtis. Additional production support from Alex Lolbach and Tamar Cranswick. Supervising producer was Cassandra Steeth and the executive producer was Justine Kelly. This series was created by Claudine Ryan. Hi, I'm Veronica Milsom. If you're looking for another great ABC podcast to wrap your ears around, try the podcast I host. It's called Dig the Ring In. It's the wild, unbelievable and true story of Australia's most infamous horse race. And the horse at the centre of it? Fine cotton. A bunch of low-level crooks with high-level ambitions. A ringin'. Who ended up blundering through what may be the stupidest scam ever attempted in the history of horse racing. A -a ring-a-ding-ding, mate. What people find fascinating about the fine cotton ringing is that it was a caper, it was a farce, it was a fiasco, it was a farrago, it was also a whodunit. Dig the ring in. You can hear it on the ABC Listen app or wherever you get your podcasts.